0: Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. Who better to talk about marketing for dentists than a dentist who's tried many, many, many different marketing things himself. That's my guest today. I'm very curious what he has to say, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope you are too. I'm Carl White, Principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. The mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they really want, but let's face it, care is better when it's just you and your provider sitting at the table trying to figure out what's best for you. And nobody else is secretly whispering in that provider's ear what their own agenda is. Whether it's a hospital, a health system, other owners, private equity, DSO, whoever it is, when you own the place, you've got more clinical freedom, and it just seems to me that's better care for your patient. And my guest today is Dr. Bobby Grossi. Dr. Grossi is a compassionate dentist, motivational speaker, and author committed to making a positive impact in the lives of others. He provides free dentistry to those without insurance every year and actively participates in his community. In addition, Dr. Grassi is a youth baseball team coach and enjoys spending time with his family. And at Grassi Dental and Wellness, he offers comprehensive care for patients to ensure they achieve optimal health in their body, mind, and spirit. His unwavering dedication to excellence in patient care has earned him a reputation as a trusted and respected dental professional. Bobby, thank you for spending some time. Thank, thank, for thank your you practice so care. for having me. Thank yeah you so <laughs> I've been looking forward to this one. So I want to start with you where I start with a lot of guests your your bios the bio is kind of brief that's the point but I want you to fill it in and what I'm really curious about is you are still a practicing dentist you've been doing that for some time but you've added on a lot more stuff you coach others you consult you have a podcast like you do a lot of other stuff going on kind of give us the the evolution of that.
1: Well I mean it it almost has to go full circle like you got to know where I started from right and born okay. Okay born and raised in flint michigan by a single mom i can remember when i was eight years old riding this big wheel and it was it sounds i don't know if you know what big wheels were yeah but little big wheels right? i was riding yeah. a big wheel and i heard this voice in my head said you were meant for something different so i thought i was going to be a baseball player i had a, a, a scholarship to play baseball at d1 school and then then my grandfather who was my my father left when i was about two years old and and so my grandfather kind of mentored me and he, i found out he got throat cancer and so wow. uh, February 3rd of 1994, days. so I didn't go to college and I was working on music at the time. And then February 3rd of 1994, nine days before my 21st birthday, he died of throat cancer. And it was that moment who my wife is now, but was my girlfriend at the time. And I said, you know what? I think I want to make a difference somehow in medicine. I don't want other families to go through what I've witnessed watching my dad or, well, my grandfather, who I call my father, yeah. pass away of throat cancer. So I knew I was gravitating towards the health field. I just didn't know. I didn't know if it was medicine at first or dentistry, and I picked dentistry because one, my dad wasn't around. I thought dentistry is more of a nine to five job, which <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of a joke. Surprise! In there. <laughs> that might be that might be not true. Uh, I'm 50 years old, so I didn't want to be married to my pager per se. Like I didn't have to have someone dictate my schedule, or I wanted to control my own schedule, but I wanted to make a difference. So then I chose literally at the hefty age of 21 that I'm just going to be a dentist. And that's kind of how I live my life. I got blinders on. I go after it. Finally graduated dental school at 30 years old. And I knew once I got into dentistry, um, at first I was all about, okay, how do I I take care of the patients? And, And what do I do with the patients? And it was all about care. And I was looking at oral cancers and stuff. Then as I got into it, I realized I was gravitated towards something else. I think I had a story of my upbringing of coming from nothing and becoming something. And Mm -hmm. I, I, because I practiced in Flint, Michigan, a lot of the, my patients coming in had very similar stories, but was looking for a mentor, looking for guidance, looking for something that might give them that extra lift. And, you know, we're very diverse in Flint. We're very diverse, you know, in color, uh, races, ethnicities, whatever it is. And so, so I'm like, man, what better way to, to maybe help the youth with with maybe telling them my story so it really just started out by telling my story mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it gravitated towards patients started doing free care because I can remember what it was like not having money not being able to go to doctors I remember all that and you know the only ad is Carlos don't ever forget where you come from you know I'm not saying you should forget where you come from mm-hmm. like I never do but it doesn't mean you don't better yourself and you can better the community around you so I was like well, what would it What could be the greatest impact I can have that's asking for nothing, not asking for a sale, but how do you create the legacy to honor your grandfather, to honor your mom who, who made $18,000 a year to give back to a community that's so gracious to you. So then I started doing free days of dentistry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, there's another message in there. So. Um, I realized I was getting lit up, never getting a dollar mentoring youth, mentoring kids, mentoring, doing podcasting, uh, speaking about my life, just speak helping people, you know, do things. And so then I created the the podcast, you know, then I wrote the book, Destiny's Not hereditary. you know, it's all because I just want to give people hope mm-hmm. in, a, in a world that maybe sometimes we just don't have hope. So really, my practice built organically, initially by me just extending myself. And then yeah. all of a sudden, People gravitate towards me. But that's a little quick synopsis of all the little pieces. And then baseball is just my love. You'll see my ring. Oh, you can't see my ring on the, on the yeah. podcast, but I have a ring that's a baseball stitch. All my logos have a baseball diamond behind it with the G in the middle. The G really rep- represents my grandfather, Grassi. I was actually Loomis until I was 18. But once my grandfather passed away, I changed my name to my mom's maiden name to honor my grandfather. So everything you see around me is to honor a man who... Kind of paved my life for me, and so I dedicated my life to help in, in, in health and wellness, and that's why you see the wellness piece because I believe I'm a dentist, yes, but I'm a doctor first, and then right. I try to circumference everything under that umbrella. So Got that's it. kind of a quick synopsis.
0: All right, that's it's more the story than I realized the first time you and I talked, and I and it's you can't see it if you're listening, but yes, there's logos behind. Bobby, where he's sitting. And now I see it. I see the diamond. I see the home plate. Totally see it. Um, So today you have a dental practice, but you also have, right, you alluded to it, a podcast. Uh, You're writing books. You're coaching other dental practices as well. Yes. Is that, that's a continuation of what you just told us about just you know Yeah, because because give, and this is what it turns into, right?
1: Yeah, because when you when you look at me, I I believe dental schools and how I started coaching dentistry is I remember that I had a mentor, you know, and everyone needs mentoring. I don't care who you are on the podcasting, whether you're a dentist, whether you're an assistant, whether you're just somebody listening. Everybody needs coaching and mentoring, and I, and mm-hmm. I think that we all can just agree to that. And if we don't agree with that, then I would challenge. But I had a guy one time at an oral surgeon buddy of mine. He says, you know, when you become a dentist you're a doctor first. And I never forgot that. And I always Mm -hmm. remembered, okay, hold on a minute. I'm a doctor first. I just specialize in the mouth. And I, and I treat that seriously. So my first part of it was how do I bridge the gap between dentistry and medicine? That was like my thing. Mm -hmm. And and now I realized these young kids getting out of dental school, like if I could, if I could teach them all the mistakes I made over two decades of doing dentistry and speed up their process to really run a business and understand that dentistry, yes, it is dentistry, but it's a business. Dental schools do a great job of teaching you how to pass the board, but they're really not ready for the real world. And so when I created the Dentist CEO brand, which is another brand of it, is just me giving back to another uh, dentistry in a way that I want to help the youth. I want to help young dentists. I want to help guys that are maybe 20 years in dentistry that are struggling to get right through that, that barrier. Because a lot of times, as we get, we get stuck in the practice and we're not working on the practice. And I, and I, and I figured if I could bridge that gap, that'd be awesome. And it's just another way, Carl, for me to, I was put on this earth, I feel to make an impact. And it's just another way for me to help make an impact in this world. And that's, that's where the dentist CEO brand created from. So got it.
0: Understood. Okay. So for you, like you know, the question is, when did you get the marketing bug? I'm looking at some other questions that uh, that you supplied and really they, they, they focus on growing revenue, you know, uh, converting a patient into revenue, which is a very, that's the relevant way to ask it. It's a very kind of, you know, business marketing question. So when did you realize, oh my God, I, I need to pay some attention to marketing. Just a quick note from our sponsor and we're right back to the episode. This episode is sponsored by Reva Global Medical. That's R-E-V-A who specialize in placing medical virtual assistants with practices in healthcare, medical, dental, and others. Medical virtual assistants are a great option for tasks in your office that are important, repetitive, but a bit lower on the skill level. Think insurance verifications, prior authorizations, database management, scheduling patient appointments, and the like. A medical virtual assistant is a legitimate option instead of hiring someone new, which is especially hard these days anyway. Riva Global Medical trains their virtual assistants in healthcare, HIPAA, insurance, customer service, and other skills necessary to support each client's assignment. Riva assigns each client their own virtual assistants, manages those virtual assistants, and delivers weekly productivity reporting to clients. To learn more about Riva, go to rivaglobalmd.com. You can email them at info at rivaglobal, not MD, just rivaglobal.com, or you can call them at 860 471 1770. And now back to the episode.
1: Well, it, it's kind of a trick question. I love that question. Uh, I didn't mean it to be that way. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's it's I, I realized okay, I made the mistake early on with marketing. And this is what I think a lot of dentists make the mistake on is, is they market in and, and whether it's the yellow pages, whether it's a billboard, because there's two different types of marketing. You have Marketing—that's branding. Which understand, like you got billboards and stuff like that, where you're just trying to brand. Mm-hmm. And then you have target marketing, which you have your social medias, you have a lot of things where you can target market, right? Mm-hmm. So, but what I made the mistake on is I was I was hiring marketing companies and doing things, and in, in the phone ring, but yet it wouldn't convert to sales. And so then I realized, okay, I got a problem. It's not the marketing that's the problem; it's the people that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I had to go backwards. You almost mm-hmm. have to. If I was gonna tell a dentist on marketing, make sure your staff knows what's going on one mm-hmm. and two. make sure they're trained to answer the phones. Right. Because we always blame marketing companies. We blame all these people. Oh, you know, your marketing didn't work, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, marketing's job is just to get the phone right. That's it. And, and we have to accept that. Right. And we got to then convert. So mm-hmm. um, early on, I was throwing money away. I wasn't getting the results, but I realized it was never the marketing I was doing. Well, a little bit, But it was really that my team wasn't trained good enough to handle the marketing or I didn't do a good enough job of target marketing. And so I would challenge anybody before you market, know who your ideal patient is and Mm -hmm. know really what culture you're trying to create in your practice, because not every patient is right for you, just like you're not right for every patient. And I Mm -hmm. think so many times we have this scarcity mindset. We're so afraid that if we tell a patient no, or if it doesn't fit within our needs, that we're doing something wrong i would argue the other way i would say you would get your ideal patient and you market towards that and that's once i figured that out and got my staff trained that's when my marketing bug kind of go in there then i just played a game i'm like okay well i i, I love implant dentistry so then i'm like well obviously early on you're going to build hygiene department right you're going to focus on getting new patients in here and then if you're not skilled in doing implants and ortho that's your focus point but i would still challenge you what is your ideal patient? And the reason why it's important to know that is that if somebody's marketing for you, they need to know what even they're going after. Mm-hmm. So it's very critical that you take the time before you invest all this money and think marketing does work. One to train your team. Secondly, what is your ideal patient? That's that would be the. And so whatever.
0: for you, anyway. yeah. So for you, is it does it start for your ideal patient? Does it start with uh, a patient in need of implants?
1: Uh, now, as it, yeah. as my career has evolved, probably now, yes. I mean, but 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 that's but how I've then. scaled my practice, right? But early on, no, it was really just what what age groups was I looking after? What what type of patients do I want? You know, it's it's something basic, like okay, Um, we're I want a patient who pays on time, right? I want a patient who yeah. shows up to their appointments. You know, yeah, just basic stuff. But you literally are causing, creating the future, and, and marketing really is nothing but a, an avenue to help cause and create the future you want in your practice. Mm-hmm. So that's what I go after. I, I, I put like we all talk about vision boards. So I literally will have what is my ideal patient, and we read it every morning huddle to my team as who's our ideal patient. And the reason why we do this is because we're not only reminding ourselves, but we're reminding our patients. We even have paperwork that says here's our ideal patient. Here's what you can expect. And we mm-hmm. we kind of are creating a culture at the same yeah. time. And then yeah. once you create that environment and that culture. Then you can focus on am I going to do internal marketing? Am I doing external? That's but really I would always focus early on uh, internal. I think internal is the key early on. And then once you get internal right, then you can branch out and you can specialize. So
0: yeah. I I, uh, God, amen and amen and amen. A couple, a couple of thoughts. First, um, yes, if 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 the people pick up the phone or screwing up the calls, stop your marketing spend and fix that first had a couple of clients we've got one right now where they listen to all the phone calls. It's we, we record them and we can listen to them. And then I listen to him get angry about them, but he's honest, like he's, he's not denying it. You know, he just wasn't aware of it. Um, and then the other thought unrelated is along with who's your ideal patient. This, the, the other question is you got answers and what's different about us. Why would that patient choose us as opposed to anybody else? Because there are choices out there. It's competitive, something else they don't teach you in dental school uh, it sounds not so pleasant when doctors, you know, when, when doctors of any stripe have to think about competition, but it's there and people like me are comparing, you know, well, we yeah. are.
1: Yeah. And so, so my philosophy and my practice is I always look at, okay, if I was a patient, so if I reverse engineer it, right. If mm-hmm. I reverse marketing. Okay. I'm a, i am I have a wife. I have three kids. I'm busy. We're all busy in this world. We live in. It's a fast world. I always say, Okay. What is my barrier? Like, what is my barrier? Like, what is this one thing? If I went to an office, what frustrates me? And I always say, it's time. Mine's time. Everyone else might have a different spin. Mine's time. I don't Mm -hmm. have time. I don't have time. We all say we don't have time. So I built a practice marketing towards people that don't have time. Mm -hmm. So I literally said, okay, well, if that's what bothers me, so dentistry, who controls more time than we do, right? If you're efficient with time. So I built the practice on, okay, if I can meet all their needs in one place, and i can and i can save them time what patient would i gravitate towards and that's what i meant by that i'm i'm really yeah. looking at what is my pain points and that's another thing with marketing is what is the pain point what what is the what is your client's pain point what do uh-huh. you do after and so many times they don't te- like you said they don't teach this in dental school what does your brand colors represent what do you what does your website look like what is your social media page look like what is your personality So many times we're so, I I call it the nerd fraternity in dentistry. Like we're too afraid to show a personality. Like, God forbid, if we actually say we're human and we smile and we, we, you know, it's not everything, everything, people don't want the stuffy dentist. They want the guy that they can, you can take the coat off and they said, this is who I am. And, And I built a practice in a culture saying, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I expose myself and that's why some of the books some of the social media things it's just exposing me to become more vulnerable and 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 when you become more vulnerable you become more relatable people are going to gravitate towards you so that's yeah. like marketing's not hard it's really not
0: it's, it's not hard. but you know what you 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 hit on the things that most people jump over a lot. of Most people, if you ask them what's marketing, they wouldn't say it this way, but they'd be describing advertising, which right. is a part of marketing. But if you're not clear on who you're going after, your target patient, what you're trying to say, why would they ever choose me? Advertise away, my friend. It's all going to be a waste because you're going to be spraying it all over the place. You're not going to be clear and nobody's going to understand what you're trying to say.
1: And, and Carl, you know? at the end of the day, let's be honest, you could look at every Google review in the in the world Never once do they ever say, "Oh my God, the dentist had the best crown prep." They never say that. You yeah. know what they say, Carl? Great experience, great ambiance, great. They're friendly, they're nice, mm-hmm. they're on time, they're efficient. So when you if you want to market to something, market to that. Market to the experience. Market to the the wow factors for the patient. Why yeah. should they pick you? Whether it's comfort menus, whether it's like you can, everyone listening to this podcast can steal whatever I do because I don't believe in uh, competition and you want to mm-hmm. compare that school. What a privilege. Mm-hmm. I hand out bottles of wine to my patients as a welcome gift. I'm not saying they're drinking it in the chair, right. but 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 it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, welcome to the practice. And and you might say, why a bottle of wine? Why is it that I won't hand out generic water? Like, okay, one, I'm from Flint. There's a Flint water crisis. So True. I don't want to hand out generic water. Yeah. I also will challenge every single person. People pay for value. Mm-hmm. People pay for value. Mm-hmm. If you hand somebody a water bottle that has your logo and eh, they know mm-hmm. you bought it from some company, you put your logo on it. That's fine. That's branding. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I hand out Fiji water. I hand out Avion. I hand out what we perceive as high quality water. Now, whether it's better than any other water. Who really knows? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a perceived value. And the reason why I do this is because I want the patient to know they're important to me. hmm and those little things, those little,
0: yep.
1: you know, lip balms that have your logos on it, the little wine bottles that have your logos on it, whatever it is, you say, oh my God, we so appreciate you, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you don't want to give out wine, give Amazon gift cards, whatever it is, give mm-hmm. them something for choosing you. Yep. And, and that's, we could go on. And, and, on and on there
0: the it stuff. is. And, and, and a lot of people get sucked into, God, is it, is it an arms race of giveaways? No. Dr. Bobby Grassi has decided that that his whole mission is to be appreciative among other things. And this is how he chooses to express it. And if he's going to go do it, might as well be memorable at the same time. There's the strategy, there's the logic, there's why it makes sense. It's not an arms race of tchotchkes and crap. It's funny, you know, my my dentist, they do the the smartest thing and it takes like 30 seconds. he used to go in, you finish. There's two or three minutes in between the hygienist being done and the dentist coming in and we're sitting there. Then you get up, you leave, you go to the front desk and make your next appointment. Well, now in those two to three minutes of nothing, the hygienist says, Hey, want to schedule your next appointment? I'm like, yeah, I do. That's a freaking great idea. We schedule it. He comes, I'm out. And now the front desk isn't bothered by me and all the 30 second all day long of people like me coming to, it's just these little things, you know, Little and things. Is how I it? love it.
1: Yeah, when you become patient-centric versus doctor or staff-centric, that's the change. Yeah. What we have to realize in this world, and I always say, you know, Janet Jackson said it the best, what have you done for me lately? Like, I always joke about that song, but that is the greatest song in the world. Mm-hmm. You can think you have loyalty in your patients. I want everyone to hear this. You really don't. You're yeah. as good as your last visit with them. That's it. And if you hopefully you have enough in the emotional account where if you do screw it up, hopefully they love you enough to stay. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you, every time you're on stage, yeah Wishing a moment, you're on stage and yeah. you got to make them feel not like number. I mean, I have a big practice very, very very proud to tell you I have a very successful practice. I mm-hmm. probably over 6, thousand active patients, but I got to make sure that the the one patient feels as great as the six thousand patient and the mm-hmm. second patient feels as good as that patient. And look at I don't I'm not on this podcast to tell you I'm perfect. I'm not yeah. The difference is is when you are conscious about creating an, an environment or experience for the patient, that's when your marketing will, it's, it's easy and it blows
0: up. Right. Right. Yes. There's so much in there, but you know what? It's uh, it really can be boiled down. It's step one. Who's your target patient? Like get granular. That's, it's not somebody with, with bad teeth. I mean, if that's all you got, uh, you're not going to, it's not going to go very far. And the other one is the second part is what's different about you. And the third part, I, I like what you said is now, now reverse engineer it. Imagine that they're coming in, um, to your practice. What's the best experience? Because clinically it's, it's going to be good. Clinically it's supposed to be good. That's right. like, that's not the differentiator. It used to be, you know, it's supposed to be good. So how are you going to be different in ways that are valuable in other ways? Well, right? especially, I mean,
1: especially for people like, you know, maybe sometimes you're not as, you're not as okay. Extroverted like I am. Okay, fine. Okay. Can you add, can you add another skill set to you that, that if they come to your practice, they get this, whether it's, uh, it's get creative, whether it's massage therapy, whether it's paraffin wax for your hands, whether it's whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's a business con- concierge center, I don't know. My point is, just get creative. And you know, and even if you struggle as a dentist and you're hearing this, you know who loves doing this? Other people that work for you. So so yeah. give up the autonomy, give up a little bit of your power and say, look at what would you view as ideal and get get the team involved, get everybody involved in a sense where they feel like they're part of something bigger. I mean, when you do that, that's when the culture changes, their marketing, they come up with ideas. There's a lot of creative people in this world, whether they're a janitor, whether they're freaking whatever they are, whether they're mm-hmm. a mechanic, whether they are an assistant, whether they're front desk, whether they're just answering the phones. There's a lot of creative people out here that know what it's like to be a patient. And mm-hmm. it, look, take advice from everybody. Be humble enough to learn from everybody.
0: Yeah. And then if you do it that way, you know what, some good ideas, they work. Now they feel ownership. There's some pride It all, it's all positive. How can that be bad? How can that be bad? So when you're coaching, when you, when you're, when you're with your coaching hat on, you're coaching under the potential practice owners, like what's the most common, what's the most common thing you see that you think they're doing well and that you think, oh man, you got to change that up.
1: I think uh, that's an interesting question. I think what they do, I don't think people have as much confidence as they portray. So I think when they're trying to when they're trying to do dentistry, they 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 get so stuck in only seeing it one way that sometimes they don't see it in a different way. They don't see how to create that profit margin, whether it is, and they don't understand that dentistry and fairness it is sales. It's just an ethical form of sales. Like yeah, they, they get so stuck up in that. It's like marketing. Like you want people to buy cheeseburgers at McDonald's, so you're you you got to sell cheeseburgers, right? Mm-hmm. You want people to not that we want perfect teeth, but you want people to say yes to treatment plans. I think there's, I think they do. Uh, sometimes people have their own limiting beliefs. And so they limit their growth by, by their own belief system, meaning that, yeah. well, here's a good example. If, if I remember not having money and then I judge everybody else in Flint, Michigan, of not having money. The odds of me getting sales or a turnover is not high. So I got to just assume that I don't judge people. I allow them to say yes to the best. I speak in ways that trans, you know, gives them all the options. And I just, I just shut up and, mm-hmm. and and I just be me. Like, so you always say, and I say this verbally to the patients, there's a lot of things you can do. Like they don't have the verbal skills they, 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 they know scientifically that, okay, you need an MO prep. Okay. That's great. But do you tell them what else is the alternative? What else can you do? Hey, mm-hmm. if I was going to do this, I would. Allow, I would say yes to the best. Talk implant dentistry. If there's even if you don't know implant, talk to them. Give them all their options. And I think mm-hmm. young dentists don't know how to do that. Older dentists don't know how to make a profit. So there's two different things. Interesting. They, they, Why don't they part. know how to
0: make a profit? That's, I, that's a I part think, of marketing people don't talk I, about because you got to serve a market profitably. So if you're right, so I yourself I feel in like, the foot.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's Parkinson's law, right? Your debt always rises to meet your income, and so you're always. Yeah you're always working against that and i think what happens is we get brainwashed to think that if we grow we need more staff and and it's not really true so then you end up hiring more staff because your staff complains and then you figure out oh my god i had 24 people i'll give you a great example i grew my practice almost 1.5 million dollars in one year and wow. i'm like oh my gosh my staff's overworked i got to i got to hire 25 people my profit margin went like this even though i was i grew my practice 1.5 million I was basically had enough revenue to pay for my team. That's it. That's That's it. it. So even though I was growing, everything was great. I was losing money. Mm -hmm. And then I had to get smart and go, okay, what if I just paid certain people more money? And then yet we all work together and we was more synergistically, right? Because what happens sometimes is, is when I mean older people don't know how to make profits is they think they got to hire more people when all reality, more people just get lazier. They think someone else is going to do it versus Mm. just getting them to say, okay, here's what we can do. And, and really coming over the strategy, like I always say my debt, my payroll should be 25 to 26% of what I do. I know that's not a mark. We're not, we're talking about marketing, but I'm just yeah. giving you an example. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a $10 million practice, okay, it doesn't really matter how big your practice is. I got $2.6 million to go over payroll, period, end of story. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's why you're always putting things in buckets, right? Marketing. Sometimes you go, you know, you got to look at it. How many new patients are you getting, Mm -hmm. right? And what is your return on that investment? So people, I always, I take collections. So I say, whatever I'm collecting, forget about anything else. My new patient's worth X, Y, Z. So in my practice, if I get 50 new patients, 60 new patients, my new patient range is about $3,000 for that new patient. That's what I get in return. So I know that, okay, if I get 50 new patients, and it cost me 10 grand, but I'm really getting what is that? Uh $150, 150, 000 yeah. I mean for you know, like yeah, like something like that. Yeah. It's a good investment. I'm like yeah. I'm cool, because yeah. I'm 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 on the positive. But so many times people just aren't tracking it, and so they don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, you know, how much is your leads? What it is, and so many when I say you need to be the dentist CEO, we all know how to be a dentist, we don't know how to run a business, and that's mm-hmm. what I mean about older or older. A dentist, they tend to put all the power in the office manager, and they don't control their finances. I know my P&Ls, I know my balance sheets, I know what my debt ratio is. I do my cash flow transfers, I do all my QuickBooks transactions, I do my own payroll. You don't have to do that. That's what works for me. But yeah. you got to have a pulse on everything, then you know what you can spend in marketing, and that's that's whether it's internal marketing or external, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting patients. I will tell you this: if you're if you're building a culture, if you're building that ideal patient, and you already know you have that ideal patient in your practice, I would rather see you put two hundred dollars on that internal marketing patient ever than the external. Mm-hmm. But that's a different conversation. In
0: yeah, time. that's right, right, right. But you know, you 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 hit on a huge thing. I mean, the next question is: what's the number one piece of advice, marketing for de- regarding marketing for dentists? I'm going to actually answer it, which is. Think of it as an investment with some kind of return, rather than an isolated cost. I, I meet a fair and and not just dentists, but I'll just say it probably a higher proportion of dentists have the it's a cost, therefore it's expensive than other specialties that I that I encounter. Yeah, it goes back
1: to Carl. It goes back to the mindset, right? And it goes back to the scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And I know we talk about mindset, but mindset is probably one of the biggest things you can have in your life. You know, the mm-hmm. glass half bowls and half empty. It's really how you look at everything, right? And yeah. Then, so. To me, it's like every single thing you do, from every software, from every equipment, from a CBCT machine to, to you know, people ask me, I made a CBCT for 10 years. And, and they're like, well, how much do you charge the patients? I said, I don't always charge the patient. They're like, what do you mean? I mean, the machine's mm-hmm. $100. I, I get it. But the, the value of that machine is more than charging the patient. Mm-hmm. I sell treatment plans through that CBCT. So mm-hmm. you're right. I might not be getting $150 or $300 every time I use it. You're absolutely correct. But let me let me answer you this question. What does it cost you after you're paid for it anymore? Nothing. It's just a piece of equipment. (laughs) But if I can sell a $20,000 treatment plan already, I can show somebody why they should not do a root canal based on a 2D film versus a 3D film, Mm -hmm. and I can show you why this is better, but then it upsells dentistry. I would argue, was that way more valuable than the $300? And don't lose that opportunity. If you give something for free, tell the patient you did it for free. Tell mm-hmm. the patient, look, at, mm-hmm. I, I love you so much that I'm doing a $300 procedure at no cost. Remember, everything is a perceived value. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, that's not true. No, it is true. Because if I could charge somebody $300 for this, and mm-hmm. I'm not charging this person for this, did I do something that for free that was $300 value? Yeah. You sure did. So we're so afraid to just tell people things. Mm-hmm. And all people want to know is, Wow. And, and you'd be shocked of how many times. A good example today, Carl, it happened today. I'm my barrier is time. I'll tell you a real life scenario on the podcast. What happened to me? What's happened? I screwed up. I got so distracted in my day. I forgot the patient was in the chair. And I know there's dentists in here that have got sidetracked in ADHD moments and forgot. Sure. Most dentists would go. Oh, Mrs. Smith, I'm ready to go now and never say a word. Say that I was just so busy. I was running late. You know what I said? And I'm making up the name, obviously, HIPAA rules. Sure. All right, Mrs. Smith, I'm so sorry I was late. That's my fault. I totally got distracted. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, it is a shame on me for doing this. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Do you drink wine? I do. Here's a bottle of red wine. And oh, by the way, here's a $10 gift card. That's it. You know they want to know. They just want to know you're human. They yeah. just want to know that you know what you own your mistakes. Because if I'm going to challenge every dentist, every health professional, anybody listen to this, if you're going to hold your patients to a different standard, you better uphold to those same standards. Yes. So my biggest piece of advice is, if you're going to demand something from somebody else, you better be first one to do it. You got to lead by example. And so, yeah. There's many times I make mistakes, but own them, own them. And the patients love it more. They We end up laughing. We end up dancing as she yeah. left. She didn't even think about me being late anymore. No. She thought about, oh, my goodness. And you, you would have saw her face like I handed her a million dollars. It was like, that's why I love you. Like, that's that is the best marketing you could ever do. Yeah. And then you know what I said? <laughs> hmm. Ready? Mrs. Smith, thank you so much for saying that. I'm so sorry I'm late again. But by the way, if you had such a great experience, why don't you give me a review?
0: I was just going to say, she's going to tell seven or eight other people about it. She's already the greatest
1: or refer a friend to me. Guess what, guys? It cost you nothing. Yeah. You had, it's not not hard.
0: I know. We, we, uh, we, uh, you know, grab simplicity or we grab complexity from the jaws of simplicity sometimes. Um, awesome. 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 Well, I want to kind of bring us to the finish line, but and I want to start with, tell us a bit more about, we know you as a dentist now, tell us a bit more about growing with Grossi or other ways that you, you know, that others can, can kind of interact with, with you and particularly if there are dentists out there saying, you know, I'd like to. Please start following this guy or maybe even call him. Just tell us a bit more about what, what you offer.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously I offer from from just how to start up a practice from coaching to mentoring, whether it's from dental assistants, whether it's just doctors themselves that are trying to get their mind right, even on finances. So I have a financial component. But growing with gross, you brought that up first. It's I, I look at it, it's a, it's it's my podcast. It talks about not only just dentistry but really mindset and, and really how to get your mind right. So I, I have a mindset with me that I feel is One percenters, Carl, you're that person. There's a lot of successful dentists in this world that have a certain mindset. A -hmm. lot of people in this world that just have a different mindset, right? Whether they were a victim of something, whatever, they somehow can get out of their own way and, and, and create a better mindset. So mm-hmm. I reach out with youth with that. Any, everybody's welcome with Grown LaGrasse. I do live calls every Tuesday, run, live on YouTube, uh, live on uh, Instagram and all that stuff. We do it every Tuesday. So it's from 1 to 1.30. As a matter of fact, the call will be on in the next probably 10 minutes, right? Okay. So we do that every Tuesday. And then on my podcast is, I also have the info at The Dentist CEO. Uh, com is my main website for my coaching and mentorship programs. If people are interested in just Kind of researching me, looking me up, I do free consultations. I try to really, at the end of the day, whether you hire me as your coach or mentor or trainee, my job, and I've told you this, Carl, is to make the greatest impact in this world. And it's not always, I don't always have to get paid finances. Is it great mm-hmm. to somebody to hire me? Absolutely. But if I can just touch your life and grace your presence and maybe give you hope where there's no hope, that's really the intent of the whole thing. And so mm-hmm. that's how you can get a hold of me, man.
0: Awesome. Know. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you. Um, thank you again for coming on practice care. It's, it's, uh, you guys yourself one hell of a day. We're going to put all of Bobby Grossi's contact info in the show notes so that, uh, it's there when you want to access it. And just a couple of points before we wrap up first, if you're someone like, like, uh, Dr. Grossi, who is in practice, you've got some experience on the business side that you think others would benefit from. We want to hear from you. If you're someone like me that serves private practices, and has got some experience. We want to hear from you too. In the, uh, show notes for his episode and every episode. There's a link, a couple of questions, tell us what's on your mind so that we can get you scheduled as soon as possible. And finally, if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to Practice Care on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all the major platforms, wherever you listen to them, subscribe and start listening. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes.